Before we get to the main subject for this episode, I'd like to talk about another streaming content related matter. I haven't told Luke that I was going to bring this up because I want to get his spontaneous, unguarded reaction. Uh, I've just watched the first half of the Harry and Meghan Netflix show, uh, which has been released. The first three episodes. Oh, buddy, would you believe that I have opinions about this already, despite not having seen any of it? Because I do. All right. Well, I I thought that you might, as is sometimes the case, uh, the person that I live with was watching this. And, you know, I'm sitting there on my laptop and it's playing on the TV. And then, I'll, you know, I'm looking up, I'm looking down, I'm looking up, I'm looking down. And all, all of a sudden the laptop's closed and I'm just sucked into this thing. I'm watching it. There are people who are invested in this institution who are just like very viscerally disturbed by somebody who looks like her marrying into it. And that's clearly textured, you know, the reaction of the British press to this. Um, and, you know, you've seen like in kind of right wing publications, they seem quite upset about this Netflix special, which, you know, I have absolutely no sympathy with that. But then there's the flip side, which is articles like uh, one I was actually reading in The Guardian earlier today, the thesis of which was basically, you know, Megan and Harry are giving the royal family like a masterclass in brand management. And I mean, the, the thesis of it, I mean, the thrust of it is, is basically just like what's implied by that. Um, but what was so interesting to me about it is that the author of the piece was just taking it as axiomatic that this is like insincere, you know, in the way that anything that's like consciously curated uh, as a brand uh, is insincere and inauthentic. But then they were praising them for it. So it's like we're being asked to choose between two competing narratives that both have to do with very rich and privileged people. One in which they live in a castle across the ocean that forms the basis of all this ancient institutional architecture of the British state and the Commonwealth, etc. And then another one which is much more a sort of aspirational liberal narrative where it's like Harry and Meghan are rich people, but like look how kind of inclusive their story is or whatever. And these are both brands. We're being explicit about that. Like it's not like the latter is, you know, is actually more uh, more sincere. At least that's not how it's being rendered here. It's just that this is a more aspirational story. It's a more inclusive story. So that's like the fiction we're going to opt into here. And I don't know, I find it pretty ridiculous that people feel the need to rush to the defense of a couple as wealthy as this. I mean, that's my immediate reaction to it. It's like, these people have a whole Netflix special to do PR around their family squabbles. Like, they don't need you to defend them. It's pretty ridiculous. But what if I were to tell you that the royal family represents all of us? Uh, Harry and Meghan represent one tendency in us, and Charles and William and Kate and the gang represent another, a more corrosive tendency in all of us. And and if you root for Harry and Meghan, uh, you, you're rooting for our better angels. The, the royals are us, Luke. Man, if that op-ed hasn't been written, I mean, you know, you're you're a take entrepreneur. You should uh, take that and run with it. Maybe you can get The Guardian to publish it. Rambo. Anywhere and everywhere, the savage forces of General Warhawk threaten the peace-loving people of the world. Well, uh, they're on their way to visit Rambo's good friend, Santa, who he calls Chris. <laughs> who, again, lives in Colorado. So he picks up the kid, uh, figures, hey, why not come meet Santa? So he meets Santa at his workshop. And the, the, ki- and the kid gets to find out about uh, Santa's perhaps a little bit unsavory past. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, I believe in redemption. I think you do too. Uh, I believe in paths to rehabilitation. And uh, So the, the first thing you notice in this scene is that Santa very mysteriously has a sort of um, an accent that I think you might call kind of... Uh, I don't know, it's a bit of a Teutonic uh, inflection. Yeah, 